solitary confinement in the digital age. April, are we at the 8th already? April the 8th, 2021. Do it yourself. Such is the theme. That is going to be the theme of this program, at least until the end of the summer. Do it yourself. DIY. <sighs> Cement mixer. He's ready for stage four today. I am gonna go do that. I'm gonna that's gonna be my little simpleton task of the day. Sometimes you just gotta in the act of loving yourself, you've just gotta treat yourself like a little simpleton and give yourself little simpleton tasks. And I'm just I must remember that I came out here because I needed space and I needed time. In my heart, the reason why I bought this place was I needed space and I needed time. In my heart, in 2006, the reason I bought the place in Bulgaria, I needed space, I needed time. I thought I needed a little place to just <clears throat> isolate and focus and heal and keep doing what I can, wellspring of determination. Just keep putting one foot, one breath, one step at a time along the path, wherever it leads. As Lorna Crozier tenderly admonished me, or she signed her book to me that way anyway. One breath, one step along the path, wherever it leads. The path leads here right now, and I'm I'm hoping to. I'm hoping that the path will. Will stay here, for a while. The path leads here, and I hope it stays here. Until Tuesday, it's Thursday. I kind of want to remain put on my property until Tuesday. Um, <clears throat> of course, be it technology, I used to use Google had this, this function um, called Google in their chat in their hangouts, you could you could make phone calls from within North America for free to numbers. And that ended that feature ended yesterday or the day before you said, well, let me help you. Okay. Just gotta help my ginger little puppy dog here. She's getting up and wants to walk around a bit, don't you? Oh, that's good. Oh, look at how nice you are. She had a little tumble today. Her, her hips are getting... Her hips seem to be becoming noticeably weaker. Even though I'm giving her the aspirin a day, I'm still tricking her with the aspirin. But the last couple days, there's been a bit of deterioration. And when I was talking to my mother this morning on the phone, she slipped back and fell. Actually, she had a little fall. She fell onto her back and tumbled. She didn't seem to be too hurt. All gone, all gone. Sorry, she wants doggy delights, but we're out. We're out of doggy delights. Um, yeah, that's gonna be the theme of this weekend DIY. It's gonna be run out of supplies, like just run out of supplies. Gearing up for Tuesday, which is the big day. Hopefully, the cement mixer will be ready by then. Um, you know, I'm completely exhausted of assets. I still haven't bought a printer and I need to do that. I should be looking online for a printer so I can coordinate my legal situation. I am 
really in need of a jog. Some jogging has to get done between now and Tuesday. Let's put it that way. Some jogging must get done. Keep doing the yoga. Keep doing the qualities. Not despair. Joyous of heart. Everything will fall into place. What are you looking over here? It's all gone, bumpers. It's all gone. Look. It's all gone. You see? There's nothing in there. Can I get the lights off now? Let's see. Let's go try a little bit like this. I'll mix these dogs that I can with the rest of your dog food. I saw Daniel last night. And there we go. Gail's Daniel knows Castro. Daniel knows Castro. That was nice to talk to my old mate Daniel in Australia. Making 209 grand a year. <laughs> Jerk. Anyway. One breath, one foot at a time on the path wherever it leads so I'm gonna I'm gonna take it very slow today I'm just gonna run out the clock on the day basically I'm gonna try the next step on the cement mixer is installing the engine to the frame it just doesn't seem like it's gonna be a fun step but you never know uh, I'm gonna go do my inspection with a little Castro I'm going to rejoice in the way things are. I'm going to go listen to the stream in the backyard, walk amongst the nature, carry my tree planting shovel through the yard. I love, it's such a comfort that little tree planting shovel, just holding my tree planting shovel is, uh, I feel like there's so much of my, that was the, the best energy I had in my life the best energy I had probably left me and went into that handle because that was when I was at my best. And I've got to um, re-implement the high baller mentality. I've got to keep that up, up the forefront too. I don't want things to slip. I don't want things to slip too much. I want positivity to, I want positivity to continue. I don't want to give up. I feel like I had given up over the past couple years, just total despair. Just felt like last couple years was when I was just felt completely knocked around by the world. When it saw that, like any attempt to do anything good, was not in my was was just not in the cards, not in the destiny, not in the destiny. Just anything, no matter what, any effort, any attempt at goodness would be kind of attacked by people like Bridget Keating of the University of Regina or wherever, whoever this person is that seems to have taken it upon herself to um, kind of enact some kind of public vengeance, which, you know, I mean, if she, if her desire was to bring more pain into the world and more hurt, and if her desire was to like completely throw me for a loop and make me feel like there was nothing worth living for, then she succeeded. Bridget Keating has succeeded in that. Um, you know, only, only yesterday was it brought to my attention that Bridget Keating was behind the Stephen Brown thing and was behind the, uh, the uh, boycott of the attempted boycott of tree planter land. Like, you know, and, and, and nobody's, this woman is not causing, this, this woman is not causing good in the world, you know, it's up, it's up to, you know, she's not causing good in the world.
And uh, I don't know. I don't even really know who she is. <laughs> anyway, I believe the power of poetry, the power of true goodness will will survive. I think even Bridget Keating will come around to realizing that she needs to behave with a little bit more compassion towards the supposed aggressors of the world rather than just agitating them. Don't you want to jump up? You want to jump up? Oh, what you got? Let me see. Are you jumping up or you want to do inspection? Little baby. Just gonna help her up over the next few days to maybe maybe heal that little hip of hers. Yeah, I think the, I think a subject like Bridget Keating is very valid. Like this, this is a this podcast is done for personal transformation, um, and like one of the things, one of the, you know, I'm, I'm attempting to, I'm attempting to evolve into a, a sober human being. I I know I'm a I know I got a lot of light to shine, put it that way, and I'm gonna try to keep shining that light. But I've also know I haven't shot. I have done the complete opposite of that so many times, and I've got to, you know. This 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 podcast is part of my therapy to to kind of bring things around and and one of the one of the and the, one of the therapeutic pathways that I'm on right now um, is is to cause to find out the root cause. It's a three step program. It's like find out the why, like the root cause of. For me, it's alcohol. Why you're drinking? That's the step. Like that's to get into that. Why are you drinking? That's like. The first step, the second step is to develop a holistic recovery plan. And this is part of my holistic recovery plan, which I'm, I'm building. I don't know if you have to follow these steps in order. Cause I still, I still feel like the specific nature of why I'm drinking. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure why I'm being driven to drink, but I know like, for example, I know Bridget Keating is a, it's just occurred to me. Bridget Keating is a prime kind of a prime factor of like kind of the, you know the battle. I I know that the the the, the, the things Bridget Keating has stirred up into this world are factors that have brought me the agony and and, and led me to, to into alcohol so horribly when I should not be doing that. Um, there's a lot of pain in there for me, and for me, it, it, for me, I think a lot of it came like so. I got out of jail, and then. Uh, Went to, I got out of jail, then I went to, I, I just somehow got a job like out of jail. I, I, I trained myself in solitary. I'd become a very, a very capable writer and a very well-read human being, probably the most well-read human being in the country for that, at that age, which was in its mid twenties, early to mid twenties. Somehow got a job. I just kept trying. I got a job. So it just it wasn't in the days before Google, but it was in the days when Googling wasn't. It was Googling. It was Google was just entering, just arriving, and people weren't in the habit of Googling. And I got a job as a little sports writer, and I started to believe that like that things like the nipple will dribble the harder you try. I started to believe, you know, just keep trying, keep trying, and do your best, and it'll happen. And you know. <clears throat> I've had many 
many things that have kind of many slips and many things I'm very embarrassed behavior that's I'm embarrassed by and I've hurt people and I feel like the hurt comes um a guy that was working for me in Australia at the CQ Media Group once told me that he believes that the amount of the amount of hurt somebody causes is just a sign of how much pain they're in, and, and that's true. I, and I, I know, like when when I first like when I first would read about like when I first got wind of like you know when I went tree planting, and I just felt like I came alive, like that something came alive in me with tree planting, with learning the ways of the highball, or studying Kara McIsaac, studying Mark Levisseur, Nick Hartman, these these serious dudes, Tom Ross. Serious dudes like, that were really good people, really wonderful human beings. And something came alive in me in tree planting. And tree planting is just a ridiculous universe. And, uh, you know, the whole – I was so excited by that documentary. I was so excited to share, like, the the wonderful world of tree planting and also, like, the way um, – hopefully the way tree planting uh, – like helped was helping me grow and um I don't know yeah so I was just you know that to me that that film was such a personal thing and, and I and I wanted to share the message and when I, I don't know I read this this thing it was it's, it was true I did try to uh, I did try to get some support for this film I just I kind of went out in the world uh, I hadn't really been stung in Canada by like the way that 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 my very bad the very bad thing that I did when I was that I was involved in when I was 19. The way that that I, I was never stung by that, and I and you know I I should be. I'm not saying I shouldn't be. I'm not saying I shouldn't be stung by that. You know, I don't know. Maybe I should. I don't know. I'm not a moral arbiter, but all I can say is that my response to like the vehemence with which a woman like Bridget Keaton has gone about um, both towards me and towards Stephen, attempting to like every shred of positive work that we've tried to put into this world attempting to dismantle it and bring it back towards some situation that she doesn't understand. I'm sure she feels like she's being a very morally upright individual by doing this. I feel, she, I'm sure she feels that she's upholding in some way, the honor of the lady who's no longer here because of my behavior. I'm sure Bridget Keating feels like she was doing the right thing. I know for a fact it's the wrong way to approach it, and I don't believe under any circumstances, but it's just the fervor now. It's the fervor. You call it cancel culture. You call it what? This was like the – she was like the engine that caused cancer culture. The, the the Bridget Keatings of the world were like – it was the engine that kind of drove this division and drove such bitterness and such like such kind of aggressive vengeance, uh, aggressive vengeance behavior uh, in the name of morality, and it does. It looks like it's on on paper. It does look. I understand. It might look on paper like that. That, that this is a. That she's doing a good thing. I can say personally that it's that it's not. That the amount of joy, the amount of the the amount of the. If she, knew, I don't think she would have behaved that way if she knew the kind of like. It was like taking a. If I'm building a foundation of myself out here. Here, folks, come here. I help you down. 
I just don't think she understood the way she understood the way she toppled, um, you know, the way she topples the way how much damage it did to like the, the what I was what I was trying to the person I was trying to become. And I don't know, like, I don't think her. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what her motives are. I would like to talk to Bridget Keating and know what her motives are. I know the. I know I, the sorrow I've caused is not is not calculable and it's not something, something that she is any more qualified than me to understand. But I do know I've lost a father and a brother to suicide, and I've I've had a very uncomfortable existence. Period, um, because of what I've done. It's not like because there's many ways. It's, it's never something that I'm going to be free of. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think, and with Stephen, with Mr. Brown, whatever you want to call him, like going out and there's, there's some absolutely remarkable poetry that comes from him and it's salvation. Poetry is salvation. Poetry is salvation. And if you start, if you go around there and you start trying to thwart people that are producing art that has a chance of possibly saving somebody else you're not you're yeah, yeah, yes you're hurting that person but you're also like poetry can save you're also not, you're also not believing in the power of poetry if you go out there and try to get another poet unpublished or disgraced for simply simply over the fact that he was producing poems you know i can understand if something bad happened george Eliot clark was was unfortunately used and abused in this situation. But unfortunately, George Eliot Clark, I think he could, he had a really chance to, as a minority, he had a chance to really like, to like, to speak the truth. Like they, he knows, they know the truth. These people know the truth. These people know that it's unacceptable. This vehemence that Bridget Keating's doing. No one is, no one is, um, she, she's, you know, she, people are afraid of her. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm afraid of her. She's already caused so much damage to me. She's caused me to lose jobs because of because of Bridget Keating. When they boycotted that film, not only was the film boycotted that I worked on for two years as part of my master's program at Ryerson, a film that was a true, meaningful work of fourth cinema, my first attempt of my first such a beautiful program. Not only did first of all, not only did I end up becoming a pariah in that program, Bridget Keating's quest for justice or whatever you want to call it. Are you stuck in there? What are you doing? I don't know. Her quest for justice ended up, not only did it get Pacific Western Brewery, who was innocently embroiled in that whole thing, completely innocently embroiled in it. And I apologize. I did apologize to Paul Muldrew about that. I wasn't using my name in the film. I wasn't, I wasn't, my name was not attached to the film, my full name. And nor did it have to be. But the insistence upon using my name, I don't know. I guess it, like, Anyway, Donald, I got kicked. I, I, I was not allowed to. The company that I planted with for four years and eventually became the, the highballer in the camp. I was not allowed to. After The year after I became camp highballer, planted the most trees out of everyone, anyone in the camp. The year after that, I was banned from working. I was no. I was quietly, unofficially banned from working for the company. And then I had Andrew Packham go on to Facebook. Another Andrew Packham is like a... He's like a Bridget Keating. It's like a Bridget Keating, Andrew Packham approach. It's just this aggressive, hostile approach. He goes on there in the same. This is all in the past couple of years. He goes on there, starts going on about. Hey, Castro, no, 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 no. That's enough. There's no, there's all gone. Oh, no, no, no. All gone. All gone. Don't eat the plastic. Come on. Don't go crazy. No. Don't go crazy, little bumpy. That's part of the theme. Do it yourself, but don't go crazy. Hey, look, what's this? Hey, look what I found. Here. 
Look at that. That's a doggy delight. Anyway. And only, only yesterday, only yesterday did it occur to me that Bridget Keating was the same person who exposed Stephen Brown as the, as exposed my, as, as thwarted my tree planter land documentary. I hadn't even picked up on that. And so fortunately, you know, like, you know, I mean, there's a lot I can understand about that behavior, but at the same time, this is why this, this podcast is becoming such a valuable item of fourth cinema, because I'm going to keep making it and I'm going to talk these things out and I'm going to try to, to get back to the stage where I was before all of this notoriety just kept swinging in like 23, 24, 25 years after the fact, the notoriety comes swing, like swinging in. And like, I don't know what, what a person expects, what kind of good a person thinks they're going to accomplish with that. Like what's that, what's that going to do to a person? Like, you know, for me, it happened in, I got, the, the Keating got, ex, got exposed by Keating, got kicked out of tree planting. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Got, came, moved to Nova Scotia, tried to get away in Nova Scotia. Start going there, somebody finds out about my history. It starts going on, everyone here now is just up and down the social media going on, but we just, the alarm bells ringing everywhere. What do you think that does to a person's psyche? Like, what do you think that does to my psyche? Is that a positive approach? Is that is that causing good? If you're such a good person, is that bringing making the world a better place? To just like, I don't know. I guess you want to get. I guess vengeance is embedded ever since the Count of Monte Cristo was written, and according to many many Hollywood uh, scripts, Pearl Harbor style, vengeance is the key of. Vengeance is the theme. Vengeance is the theme. Vengeance is what people believe in. Vengeance is the operate, operating, the principle that's operating in Bridget Keating's heart. Vengeance or something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's just this linear understanding. I, it's, I understand it. I see it. But yet, I think even the people that are perpetuating it must know on some level that it is not like just running around and raising alarm bells, trying to ruin George Eliot Clark's like career for supporting a poet. Like that kind of stuff is not like, it's getting a little, it's getting a little much, a little much. So I guess that's, this needs to be not a platform, but this is not, this is not a platform. This is just a, this is what I need. This is my, in my solitary, this is my, this is the talking I need. Hey, you're just thinking it up, aren't you? So one breath, one breath, one step. How does it go? Oh, the book's upstairs. Yeah. Patrick and Lorna. Ugh. Anyway, I remember one of the first times I saw Patrick Lane read. That was at the Red Brick Cafe. Not the first time. It was way before that in, in Toronto at the Library Bar. But in two thousand and I think two thousand and one, right before he became sober. It's so funny that I saw him. Anyway, Patrick Lane. The second time I saw him read was quite interesting because uh, at that time, Stephen Reed, well, Stephen Reed was the, he's the author of Jack Rabbit Parole and he won the, the Governor General's Award and quite a writer, married Susan Musgrave who fell in wildly in love with him while he was in prison. She, Lorna told her, she got a crazy story there. Hey, we'll go for an inspection pretty soon. Yeah, we'll go pretty soon. 
And anyway, so the first time I saw Patrick, well, the second time, I went at Red Brick, he was mentioning, he spoke about his friend, Stephen Reed. He just said that, and this was, Stephen had gone back to jail. He was the bank robber, writer, jackrabbit parole man. He, there you go. He'd gone back to, he'd fallen, I think it was heroin. Anyway, he'd started, he'd started sliding and huh, now they're both gone. Stephen and Patrick are both gone now. That's interesting. And so in 2000, this would have been around the time I saw Patrick. I think this would have been after I saw Patrick, because this is after I got out of the halfway house. My girlfriend Heidi moved down to be with me. Um, Heidi, I'd also met her. She was a correctional services worker, and uh, I'd met her inside. So we went and saw Susan Musgrave, because right then Stephen Reed had just been arrested, and I told her the story, and I saw her at the Hart House, and we met, and that was very nice to talk about Stephen. And she'd just written Cargo of Orchids at the time, I think it was called, which was an okay book. And then, then what happened? Then I went back to jail. And then years later, I saw Patrick. I ended up in Sydney, and I swear, as it turned out, Patrick Lane had moved. Lorna was living there. Stephen Reed was living there. Susan Musgrave. There were all these people who were living there. Al Purdy had lived in Sydney. Al Purdy is a guy that I came around to late, but definitely quite the guy, Al Purdy. Anyway, I saw Steve. I saw Patrick Lane. I, I, I often wondered how Stephen Reed would be treated because I know he went out. He was in a serious kind of bank robbery. He was shooting at cops driving down, like in Victoria, in the city. He, they were shooting at cops. Like <laughs> that doesn't happen in Victoria every day. I'm telling you, a lot of people were very mad at Stephen. But I wanted to. I was wondering how the artistic community would have would have been dealing with it. And then that's at that point, I knew Patrick must have known him. I didn't know really much about their biographies, but at that point, Patrick got up and he was like, my friend, Stephen Reed, he always introduced him as my friend, Stephen Reed. Whenever I noticed him say that a few times in public while Stephen was in jail, Stephen was still in jail. And Patrick was out in the world saying, my friend, this is my friend. And I just thought, I found that very touching. I found that very touching. I don't know what Bridget Pete, Bridget Keating would think of Stephen Reed. I don't know if his kind of offense, now that he's dead, she might not be willing to. I don't know what. I don't know really what her bag is. I don't really know her bag. Apparently, she's a poet too. Anyway, <sighs> anyway, and then to make matters even more hilarious or more ridiculous, Stephen Reed got released from jail. And at the time, me and my desperation to try to make a living because I'm continually being fired from jobs because Bridget Keating is on a moral mission to point this out. And maybe I should be, maybe I should not be allowed to ever work. But anyway, at the time, in my desperation to make a living, I was organizing a market called Sydney Saturday Market. And as, a, and as, the, pop, as the attendance started dwindling, we had a big challenge we had an easter egg this was the best and the last day of that market because this is when there was a small revolution but anyway there was an easter egg challenge i dressed up as the easter bunny i was walking around being silly being an easter bunny and through the nose of my through the mesh nose of my easter bunny costume 
up inside the market. So he would have paid $2. It was a $2 market. So this man would have paid $2 to be there. I saw Stephen Reed sitting on a bench. And the reason Stephen Reed was there, because he had these two lovely little granddaughters who he, he introduced, he would call his angels. And he was there with them. And he wanted his angels to come to the Easter egg. Let's go. Let's go. There's like an Easter egg hunt, or there's a coloring, there's a coloring contest, an Easter egg coloring contest for the little ones. That we that was we thought of, and uh, it was great. It was great. It was great. Anyway, keep going, keep turning. Bridget Keating. I had no idea. I had no idea that she was the same person that, I don't know. I feel like I should talk to Bridget Keating. I feel like I should talk to her. I feel like some communication, like dialogue could be the answer to this. You know, I mean, she's feeling strongly. I, I just, I don't know. I guess I could talk with my behavior first. DIY. I'm just going to, I'm just going to isolate myself you know, even to a larger extent, like just try to stay off the social media, isolate myself more with my dog, look after my little baby, my beautiful little baby Castro. And DIY, that'll be the theme of this summer. I'm going to do it, do it myself, do it myself and just try to work on my house and enjoy the blessing that I have. So thank you for listening. This has been a very therapeutic podcast. Um, I love you.